The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's the last Friday of 2014, and you know what that means. It's time to take a look back at all the things that had us talking over the past 12 months. It's the year in pop culture. Plus, we've got some tips to make sure that you look the best at any gathering that you're going to this New Year's Eve. That's coming up today on Crawl Call. Hi, hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Kroll Call. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and this is the last Kroll Call of 2014. No, 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 no. Don't cry. Don't boo. Don't be sad. It's a good thing. It means that we're starting a new year. We'll have a full calendar year of Kroll Call. And I've got to tell you, there is a lot to talk about that went on in 2014. I'm not entirely sure how we're going to fit it all into the course of one episode. So we have to make it a two-part special. This week, we're going to be talking about the year in pop culture, and then next week, we will talk about the year in television, the year in business, the year in sports, and the year in food. Oh, I can't wait for that one. Maybe we should just do that this week and, and forget about pop culture. But no, we have an expert who is here to talk about pop culture. We're taking a long and winding trip down the past 12 months. And then if you are so inclined to go out and celebrate the end of a year and the start of a new year, Emily Loftus will be along a little later in the show to give you tips to make sure that you look fabulous as the ball drops. She's also going to share some of her picks for things that she hopes don't find a way to get into 2015. (coughs) Overalls. (coughs) That's her choice. But before we get to that, as I mentioned, we have someone whose finger is on the pulse of pop culture. It's a lot of P's. Sorry about the microphone pops and everything. It's onomatopoeia. It's alliteration. It's something. We'll leave that to Sesame Street because this is not meant to be informative and instructional today. It's meant to be a lot of fun. Actually, that's not entirely true. We are going to be informative. In fact, throughout the show, we're going to be featuring tips from Lindsay Wells, the Kitchen Witch, tips and tricks to make your New Year's Eve party a smashing success. What do you say we take a listen to Lindsay's very first tip? A great way to spruce up your menu is to eat seasonally. And even though winter winds may blow around us, seasonal ingredients like apples, cabbage, pears, rosemary, sage, and turnips can spruce up our menus. I'm Lindsay Wells, the Kitchen Witch. Listen for my tips on how to use some of these ingredients later in Kroll Call. But now, let's get back to Dan. Our first expert, or maybe I should say historian, if you can use that for a year that hasn't ended yet, is the go-to guy for all things pop culture. And there were a lot of things popping in 2014, from holograms of late rock stars to the plucking of Flappy Bird, and from red-hot television shows to ice-cold challenges. It may leave you asking yourself, is it true what they say about 2014? Well, let's find out with Jeremy Halliger. Jeremy, is it true what they say about 2014? Hey, Dan. Um, what are they saying exactly? They were saying it was a really, really long year. 
Actually, I think it's the opposite. It flew by. I can't believe that it's already 2015. It seems like just yesterday it was 2013. It seems like just yesterday to me that it was 1989. So I don't know. Uh, Time does have a way of, of sneaking up. But I'm looking at some of the things, Jeremy, that were sort of the the big topics in 2014 and some of them you're absolutely right some of them seem like they were just yesterday others seem uh, like they were a little bit longer let's go back to one of the most famous names in 2014 we'll just sort of run these down one is the name of someone who doesn't even really exist here to perform the oscar-nominated gorgeously empowering song let it go from the Oscar-winning animated movie Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeem. <laughs> yeah, that, it's funny because the thing that I find most incredible about that story is the fact that John Travolta still gets to be a presenter at the Oscars. I mean, when was his last big movie hit? (laughs) But yet he gets that coveted Oscar presenter spot. It kind of makes me wonder if he'll be invited back next year to be a presenter. I think the last big hit hit he had was in a massage parlor. But, um, (laughs) you know... (laughs) (laughs) Well, tomato, tomato, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, But that was also, you mentioned at the Oscars, the biggest tweet of 2014 was the Oscar selfie that, you know, I think everybody in the world retweeted that particular photo of just magnificence. You know what? Personally, I cannot stand selfies. I think so. (laughs) And no one takes a flattering selfie. But the thing that I loved about that Oscar selfie is how it made a lot of the celebrities look kind of silly, like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. It made them look like they were trying to squeeze into the picture, desperate to be a part of the picture. And you would never think, I mean, if you look at the selfie, you see Channing Tatum way in the back, like trying to squeeze his head in. And it's the funniest thing because... You never think of celebrities desperate to get into a photo. (laughs) That's true. Uh, And before we talk about that, if you guys out there disagree with Jeremy and you take flattering selfies, why don't you tweet us at Crawl Call Show using the hashtag flattering selfie? But there were some people who in 2014, Jeremy, probably wish that they weren't in a video or photo or two, particularly those that went in the elevator. Uh, There's one that's bad that we're going to be talking about next week in our sports show with Ray Rice and his now wife. But the other one is Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Solange. This was enough to make me want to take the steps. (laughs) You know what I think the strangest thing about that video was? Everyone talks about the altercation between Jay-Z and Solange, but I think the most incredible, fascinating thing about that video was Beyonce's non-reaction. I mean, every time I've watched that video, I can't take my eyes (laughs) off of the way Beyonce is just standing there. It's almost like she's seen that kind of thing before, 
and she's just, oh, well, here we go again. I'm going to ignore this. That's almost what it looks like. It's the strangest, oddest, oddest reaction to your sister pretty much beating the crap out of your husband. But here's the other thing, though, too, is if the two of you want to go at it, I'm not, you know, messing my hair. I'm not breaking a nail while the two of you act like stupid people. So uh, I I would step in the back of the elevator, too, and watch the nonsense. But you know what? It's almost like she knew that people were watching. And so she had, you know, you two can look crazy like crazy idiots. But I'm going to stand here and look good. It was the weirdest weirdest thing. Good point. (laughs) fascinating part of that video now i think that more people watched that than something that attempted to break the internet that someone was hoping we're not even going to say the person's name because i don't want to give it any power but i I do want to address the fact that uh it's a theme here with the oscar selfie you were saying that there were some stars who were getting in a photo and and kind of uh you know looked like they wanted to be in it it was sort of a desperation type of thing but in a funny way a playful way the elevator incident is something that i'm guessing guessing all three of them wish no one had seen and then there was the attempt to break the internet to me it looked like someone's uh, really inflated ego thinking they could bring down the entire internet and womp womp it didn't the internet survived are we talking about kim kardashian oh yes i am so tired of kim kardashian's butt Kanye's not. (laughs) And you would think that after we've all seen it, now we've all seen it, that we would just be over it, but people are still talking about it. All of her sisters are sort of getting in on the action. Her sister Chloe just did a nude photo shoot. You know, they're all sort of trying to out sexy each other, and I'm just tired of it i'm over i'm done i'm done (laughs) and i kind of think that the kardashians may um want to pick up a copy of your book (laughs) (laughs) it's a true what to say about kardashian but the thing is kardashian kim was here in australia recently and then she was here at the same time as angelina jolie for the premiere of angelina's unbroken movie And there was a story going around that Angelina insisted that Kim not be allowed anywhere near her movie premiere. Wow. Of course, really insulted Kim because she wants to be taken seriously by the Hollywood big players, but is going on the the cover of Paper Magazine and bearing your butt to the entire universe, is that the way to be taken seriously? Well, I mean, if she hadn't bared other parts of herself, she probably wouldn't be famous in the first place. Well, that's the thing, you know, her whole fame is about showing things, you know, showing things to the world that the average movie celebrity tries their best to keep hidden, you know, but she's not actually creating anything. And so I think that it's time for Kim to really take a long, hard look at herself. And kind of figure out, you know, what kind of star she wants to be. Speaking of a long, hard look, Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) She finally, after however long, decided that she would talk about Bill Clinton. It's a story that you missed. It's a story that I missed. It's a story that is made the most talked about list. Just putting it out there for folks who are, you know, looking back at 2014. Monica Lewinsky has finally opened her mouth, so to speak, uh, about 
all of that. And, you know, it's it's interesting, Jeremy, what becomes stories. I'm looking at something else that was probably the biggest phenomenon on the Internet that, I mean, it became bigger than probably the Internet itself. And it was something that, for a change, was using the internet for the power of good and it was the ice bucket challenge i have never seen anything take over and become such a part of pop culture as the als ice bucket challenge let's see i have a big problem with the als ice bucket challenge i feel like als is a very very serious disease and i kind of hated the way a lot of celebrities were using it to get to publicize themselves. I feel like it stopped being about ALS and it was it, and it became more about the latest celebrity to do the ice bucket challenge. Yeah. And I think that the message kind of got lost in there. And I thought I think that's unfortunate. I would say that most of the people who took part in the challenge probably don't even know what ALS is. I know and you know it's just it's so it says something really terrible about our culture that in order to get people to donate money to a cause, donate time to a cause, you have to sort of turn it into a gimmick. That's just depressing. Well, there's, uh, it's a good segue to something else that I wasn't quite going to think about talking yet, but it could have been a gimmick. It started off as a celebrity and his brothers taking a pledge of chastity until they found the woman that they wanted to marry. But now... In 2014, Nick Jonas is taken off the purity band, or whatever the kids call it, and he's flashing it around for anyone to see. And at the same time, he's teasing both the women and the men folk. And there are people who are up in arms about this. There are people who don't particularly care. Talking about Nick Jonas, Jeremy, I understand that you have some, as I would expect, some opinions about Nick Jonas well, you know, I think that the whole purity ring thing is creepy. <laughs> I would almost rather a teenager be a raging tramp, a, raz- a raging slut, than to publicize the fact that, oh, I'm wearing a purity ring because I'm saving myself. That's really creepy. But all that aside, I think the fascinating thing about Nick Jonas is that you know, making the transition from a child star to an adult star is tough for everyone, but it's, it seems to be even tougher for male celebrities than it is for female celebrities. And I think that with Nick, yeah, he, got, he went to the gym, he got a sexy new look, he courted the gay audience, but at the end of the day, what really made Nick Jonas's transition successful is the fact that he had the music to back it up. He released a single, Jealous, that was kick-ass. That's a great single. And I think that without the single, I don't think that his transition would have been as successful as it has been. What about someone like a Taylor Swift, who also started young, who is now grown-ish, uh, partially grown, whatever you want to call her, and but also went through a change in music style? Uh, I mean, I think some of her more recent 
music that was classified as country was still closer to pop, at least in my mind. But now she's made a point of saying, hey, I'm doing a full album of pop. It turned out to be one of the best-selling albums of 2014. But at the same time, uh, Taylor Swift hasn't had to go to Ho to make it happen. Yeah, Taylor Swift confounds me. I actually just had a big disagreement at work with a colleague who's a huge Taylor Swift fan. And, you know, I think she seems like a sweet girl, but I'm not a fan of her music. And here's what I have to say. Okay. The song, Shake It Off. If that song had been released by an unknown pop singer who never had a background in country, who didn't have a huge name like Taylor Swift, would it have been a number one single? It's, kind, it's, it's a pretty cheesy, tacky little pop song. And I think the reason why it was such a huge success, a lot of it was the shock factor. Taylor Swift goes pop, wow, and she's making fun of herself in the video. I think it was that more than the music. Interesting. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I really, I don't think that any other singer could have come out with that single and had a huge hit. I mean, when Miley Cyrus, when she sexed up her image and changed the sound of her music, the first album, the Can't Be Tamed album, didn't do well. It wasn't until two albums later that she was able to have any real success on the pop charts. She was also licking everything around that would stand anywhere near her. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which is a sort of a, a, a footnote, because I guess Miley Cyrus will forever be tied to Robin Thicke for good or for bad. And it was not a really good year for Robin Thicke. You know, we had Blurred Lines at one point, I guess that was 2013, huge, massive hit, then in 2014, it fell apart. He separated from his wife. He was sued for uh, allegedly ripping off Blurred Lines as a Marvin Gaye song. And I have to say, at least to that end, and we're going to talk a little bit more about music after this, uh, my friend Orfe and I think that a lot of the music today sounds like other songs. We're forever texting each other back and forth saying, hey, did you hear that new Jesse J so uh, song? It sounds an awful lot like Martika's Toy Soldiers, things like that. And, you know, isn't it possible that sometimes songs just sound like other songs? You know, I feel a wise, a wise man once said, there's nothing new under the sun. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, when I first heard Blurred Lines, it reminded me of Got to Give It Up, which happens to be my favorite Marvin Gaye song, but I don't think it's plagiarism. I don't think it's the same, same song. It's inspired by the Marvin Gaye song, but Blurred Lines is actually a different song. So I don't really understand where the lawsuits were coming from. I, I, I don't really agree with the rulings. But with Robin Thicke, I think the biggest mistake he made in 2014 is after being accused of recording a Marvin Gaye ripoff, he actually does the Marvin Gaye ripoff thing again by recording his own Hair My Dear album when he released that album that was sort of an apology to his estranged wife. I mean, that was probably the worst, worst way to follow up the whole Blurred Lines controversy. And the album was a flop, so... And he I came across really creepy. 
which I don't know that anybody expected him. He was very clean cut. A lot of people saw him sexy. It was the whole blue eyed soul. And now people are saying, you know, uh, OMG, you're you're stalking your ex wife and you're you're creepy. Which, in a strange, unrelated way, there's someone else in 2014 who had a very wholesome image. And it was completely brought into question because of the allegations of more than 20 women. And I'm talking about Bill Cosby, who, you know, I think of as the pudding guy. I think of him as Jello Jigglers. I think of him as The Cosby Show. I think of him as uh, I went to Temple University. I think of him as a fellow Temple Owl. So... It was really, really stunning. It was. It sort of knocked my world off kilter to hear, Jeremy, that more than 20 women are saying that Bill Cosby drugged, allegedly drugged, and assaulted or did other terrible things to them while they were under the influence of whatever he gave them. Big story. Big, big story. Surprising story. Sad story. I, I just... I'm, I don't know what to think about this story. And... It's not so much the fact that I grew up with Bill Cosby as sort of like the celebrity father figure. It's not so much that as it is the fact, because, you know, people do, people do horrible things that we never even realize that they're doing. What I find suspect is just the fact that it's all coming out at the same time. I'm not saying that makes the allegations untrue, but it makes me a little bit suspicious. I think the truth is probably somewhere on the other to the left of what Bill Cosby is saying or not saying and to the right of what the accusers are saying. I don't know that the truth has been put out there. I think that Bill Cosby probably acted in a way that was inappropriate. I think that that's probably true. I just don't know if he went as far as all of these women are saying. It's definitely a story that is going to continue into 2015. We will be following it, of course, here on Crawl Call. And, you know, the Cosby Show for a lot of people was a, a totally different look at an African-American family. There were a lot of other shows. I think of something like uh, Good Times. I think of What's Happening. I think of even something like A Different Strokes where people are sort of amazed to see an interracial family. Now, in 2014, we sort of have stepped it up even a little bit more with a television show that is on my TiVo to-do list, Blackish. Very, very funny. I wasn't sure how it was going to be received, uh, but it's it's the top rated new comedy so far in 2014. Jeremy, talk about Blackish. I absolutely love this show. It's no secret that I've never gotten into Modern Family. I just don't think Modern Family is funny. But I think Blackish, the thing I love about Blackish, that I, w- I was worried about it in the beginning because I was worried that it was going to be too much about race and too much about the racial divide because the main character is very aware of being perceived as the black guy. Mm -hmm. I was worried that, because in the pilot, there was a lot of that, but as the show has progressed, it's actually 
a family sitcom, a family comedy where the family is black and they touch on interesting black issues without making it all about the black white thing. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of my wife and kids with the difference being my wife and kids was very hammy, whereas I think that the performances in Blackish are feel more real and feel less like, oh, we're putting on a show now, you know? Hmm. But I think it's a really, really, really funny show. I love my favorite character is the little girl who plays one of the twins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's just such a precocious a sweet, precocious little thing. I love her deadpan delivery. She is, to me, she's one of the finds of the current TV season. A lot of people still have issues with the name of the show. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of a, un, an unfortunate name. <laughs> I think it's unfortunate. You know, being someone who named my book, Is It True What to Say About Black Men?, I think when you put that black in a title, it automatically gives the impression that it's all about black. Hmm. And I think that that's, you know, blackish kind of does give that impression. But, you know, there are a lot of shows out there with unfortunate titles that end up doing well. And as you said, the show has done, done well, which says something about what, America will watch and what America is interested in watching. Well, if America wants to watch what you're up to on social media, where do they need to go? Where do people need to follow? Well, my Twitter handle is theme for number four, great GR numeral eight cities, <laughs> which is also the name of my blog, theme for great cities. And you can find that at www.jeremyhelligerblogspot.com. There we have it. Lots of stuff. I mean, 2014, now that we've talked about it, now it, it really, I agree with you. I think I'm with you. It, it seems like it just whizzed on by. I'm sad to see it go. It's been a great, it's actually been a great year. Lots of changes in my life. Lots of great music. Lots of great performances. Lots of great TV. Hopefully 2015 will be even more of the same. That is what I'm going to give you the option. Before we let you go, I want you to make one amazing prediction for 2015 so that when you're back here in December of 2015, I will open up the time capsule, i.e. play what you're about to say to you to see how you did. Make a prediction. What are we going to be talking about at the end of 2015? I think 2015, I'm going to make an Oscar-related prediction. I think that Jennifer Aniston's career is going to completely take a different turn. I think she's going to get an Oscar nomination for this movie, Cake. And whereas in the past she's been known as you know the, the Friends girl and she's been known for Friends, the hair, and the romantic comedy... I think that she is about to do a unique turn where people will see her as a dramatic actress and she's going to go to a completely different level in her career. There you have it. You heard it. So when we're asking and taking a look back at what happened in 2015, you heard it here first. Jennifer Aniston, 
Oscar nominee to be. We'll find out soon. Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for taking time out to take a look back at the year that was. And, you know, maybe we'll even have you back before the end of 2015. I I feel like it would be torture to have you have to wait an entire 12 years to be able to revel in your prediction of, you know, awesomeness or for me to, you know, say, hey, sorry, didn't happen. (laughs) Well, I would love to come back anytime, so... Anytime you'll have me back, I'll be here. There's something else that's now officially in the vault. You heard it out there. We, though, have a lot of other things to talk about. We are going to talk about how to make sure that you look absolutely amazing on New Year's Eve. Emily Loftus will be here when we come back from the break to talk about that. You are not going to want to miss that. And, of course, we're going to be talking about food some way, somehow. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more Kroll Call. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? Well, for 20 years now, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. You can take a peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with other soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll know who slept with who, who's related to who, and of course, who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, there are exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much, much more. So whether you're watching The Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or The Bold and the Beautiful, or if you're reflecting on some of the soaps that are no longer with us, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. The next time you make a roast, jazz it up with my favorite January seasonal side, creamy coleslaw. Just throw together four cups of grated cabbage with a small tin of drained mandarin oranges, one diced apple, and a cup of toasted slivered almonds. Next, mix together a cup of mayonnaise with salt and pepper, two tablespoons of sugar, a quarter teaspoon of paprika, and a quarter cup of milk. Pour that dressing all over the slaw, mix well, and enjoy. This coleslaw is beyond delicious. Now, let's get back to Dan and Kroll Call. My next guest lives by the motto, dress every day like it's New Year's Eve. I, on the other hand, live by the motto, hide under the bed like it's Y2K, and if it looks like a cupcake, eat it. But... I suppose that the motto used by Emily Loftus comes in quite handy when you're doing a show about, well, New Year's Eve, which we are. So this is win-win because Emily is going to give some expert tips on how you can look your best on New Year's Eve. And word on the street is that she'll also be talking about some of the fashion trends that she hopes stay behind in 2014. Emily, dress every day like it's New Year's Eve? Now, let me explain that. First off, hello, everyone. Um, I'm thrilled to be here today. Now, okay, my motto is just everyday like it's New Year's Eve and also everyday glamour. Everyday glamour, everyday glam. So it doesn't mean I need to see you in a full sequined, you know, jumpsuit. But I do believe what you put on your body is what you tell the universe how you want to be treated, how you feel. Mm. So when you wear black every single day, like that's just depressing. I say throw on something sequined, throw a little brooch on your jacket, throw on some leopard, find a sequined headband. There's always a way to add a little bit of sparkle, a little bit of shine, a little bit of happiness into your look. And even like a red lipstick or a, a bright color accessory, an earring, I just feel 
it's the way that you show the universe that you're ready for your day. So what about the people who like to dress up like baby New Year? <laughs> I mean, go for it for that one night. Go for it. I, but, I'm probably I'm pretty sure they're going to be inebriated. But um, yeah, have your one little moment, put it on Instagram and Facebook, and then move it on. But for that, that's the exception to the rule. That's the don't dress every day like it's New Year's. Yes, absolutely. The one exception. Good. So before we get into dispensing advice and people say, well, hey, you know, who's this person telling me how I should dress and why I should dress that way? (laughs) Let's, I mean, people follow people blindly, so as it is, but let's give everyone out there who's listening a little bit of information about Emily Loftus. Who are you and what makes you our style expert? Well, well, well. So I am a TV host and style and beauty expert. I've covered eight seasons of New York Fashion Week. I've been on all these TV shows from The Fox is the Real, um, CBS Early Show, The Insider, talking about um, how to dress 10 pounds lighter, what's going on with celebrities, red carpets. Um, I have a very successful blog that is my baby, who I love so much, called Loftus Says, which is my last name, L-O-F-T-I-S-S. That's right, two S's. Loftus Says, I have... Oh, goodness. I have 89 countries that are following me, and I've worked with so many people in New York and L.A., um, from Kendra Scott, Old Navy, the Olympics, L'Oreal, InStyler, Trinitur, and then partnered with Birchbox, Sally Hansen, Evite, and I've been named Southern Living's uh, Magazine's One to Watch and Henry Bindle's It Girl. So... I've got a little bit of clout. I've got a little bit of clout underneath my <laughs> underneath my belt. But um, I just, I love talking to men and women and helping them find the best version of themselves. I really feel like I excel in makeovers or make-unders, depending on what you need. And just to tell folks that clothing is supposed to be fun. You know, it's not that serious, people. Like, leave your serious stuff at work. Like, we're here to enjoy our lives, so throw on that little sequin jacket and, and live your life and have a wonderful time. And honestly, people, I don't really wear black. Like, I pretty much wear orange almost every single day. I can always find a reason for orange or leopard in my wardrobe. That's just, that speaks to me. I drive an orange Prius. Like, you can spot me going down the street. She definitely has on antlers and a ray, like a Rudolph nose right now. I mean, I'm something when you go through, you know, the Chick-fil-A line, they just, they just laugh at me, but... And you know what? It makes my heart happy. Simple as that. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I mean, it's there's got to be something to be said for wear what makes you happy. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And if it makes you happy to wear your mother's pearls, wear them every day. If it makes you happy to, uh, like, if you love stripes, then figure out a reason to have a stripe on your handbag or stripe on a belt. And, you know, and men, you can always find little ways to do a little clever, witty wink, like fun socks, a great um, bow tie, a great tie, awesome cufflinks. Like, you can always find a way to flirt with your style and just have little details that make you happy, like deep in your heart. I, I think one of those things that you said there is speaks especially to me and for folks who are listening and who may have followed my exploits on the red carpet, I am always one for wearing fun socks. There's only so much you can do with, you know, with a there suit. And I, I think fun socks are, are really the way to go. Maybe nobody sees them, but at least at the end of the day, you'll know that you've got them on and they're a little bit about you. Exactly, exactly. My husband just came back from New York. We live in California now, and he was so excited to show me he had gone to Thomas Pink and bought 
40 pairs of fancy socks and he was so excited to show me <laughs> what he had bought and I just sat there like it was Christmas morning and just let him just like do a little fashion show for me and he was just so excited but like same with women um, like I'm not the biggest into like lingerie but I have some girlfriends that love having matching bra and underwear and no one sees it and half the time they don't have boyfriends or any of that it's just they wear it for themselves and it makes them happy to know that they have cute hot pink with black polka dotted bra underwear set on. So I think it's all about just finding what makes your heart happy and that when your heart is happy, you're just a better human being. And so I feel like that goes into fashion and you don't have to spend all this money. I am a maximista times 12. I can find the best clothes at Target, uh, Kohl's. It doesn't matter about the brand. It just matters that you find something that speaks to yourself and hopefully buy it in the right, um, right size for your body type. And then just like go and rock it out. We do have another asterisk. At least I'm putting the asterisk out there. There are some things that perhaps people enjoy wearing, Emily. Maybe it makes them happy, but maybe they could have used a a good girlfriend to pull them inside uh, aside and say, uh, maybe not. So let's talk about New Year's Eve and let's talk about the things, the mistakes, the things that people do on New Year's Eve, the things that they wear that perhaps they shouldn't. Now, people get real excited about New Year's. They do. They do. <laughs> They're like, hot dog, I get to wear every single sparkle I've ever owned <laughs> in my closet. So I just feel like New Year's Eve is important because now with social media, you really cannot repeat your outfits like you used to wear back in the day because now with Facebook, with Instagram, with Snapchat, with Twitter, with Facebook, like people are monitoring what you have on. Mm-hmm. So I think you should always find one focal point. So, if it's also what's also important is where are you going? So, like for me, a bunch of my friends, we're going to go to Big Bear, so we're going to a cabin. So, for my first time, I think probably in fifteen years, I'm not going like glitzy, glitzy, fancy, fancy. I am going to be in a cabin, and I'm definitely going to wear some warm socks, some leggings, just in case I need to do like a high kick or like a cartwheel. some cute little lumberjack, um, you know, red flannel that I'm going to tie up at the waist and wear some fun little headpiece and maybe some red lipstick and call it a day. And that is my New Year's Eve. Um, other people that are going out and they have plans to, to, you know, cause a ruckus all over town, I just say pick a focal point. So if you're going to do a fun red lipstick, then maybe a little bit of your rest of your clothes needs to be toned down a little bit. If you're going to go for a glitter eyeshadow, hot dog, go for it, but the rest of your makeup needs to be toned down. If you're going to do a full sequin dress, then please don't wear a full sequin dress and sequin shoes and sequin jacket and a sequin, like, clutch and do some, like, you know, glitter hairspray. Like, just figure out what you really want to highlight and go from there. So there is such a thing as too much glitter. I mean, I hate to say that because I adore glitter, but you can look like a toddler in Giara's. You can go too far, and you want to look age-appropriate. You know, I always question when people, like, hit 30 or 40 or 50 and 60 because there's so many ways to still look really glamorous and fabulous for your age. So 
you can still do like a like if you have really killer legs and you're 55, you can still wear a really shiny, amazing legging and some high boots that have a heel. But then maybe if you're wearing shiny pants, you should wear a more calm down blazer. So it just kind of depends on what age group. And it, I can't just blanket everything and say this is what you should wear because things are different on different people. Um, but I definitely think if you have like thin, thin arms and definitely wear something that's sleeveless and show those arms and maybe have a, a sparkly top of your arms out, but then have some really fabulous bangles or sparkles right there. So I just think know what, what where you want to show off and then work from there. I like that you say not everything works for everyone because that sort of reminds me of you know, every year the folks from Pantone pick a color of the year. And with the end of 2014, <laughs> Emily, that means we are saying goodbye to Radiant Orchid and hello, or since it's Italian, I guess, ciao to Marsala. Marsala. Yes, it makes me hungry. I just want to eat like it chicken does. parmesan or something, right? It, it kind of yeah. does. Radiant Orchid doesn't re- the but- name sounds fancy, but I got to tell you, the color was, it didn't leave me feeling radiant. Now, people get mad at me. I did not love that color. I'm just going to say I'm not the largest purple fan. And I think almost every wedding I've been in, I've worn a purple bridesmaid's dress. And I've done it because those are my girls. I love you forever. Hey, girls. (laughs) But for me, purple is not really my color. Um, But not, you know what? Orange isn't everyone else and so while I'm sitting on my orange computer I'm looking at my orange computer right now um so for me I didn't think the orchid was really lovely on every skin type I felt like for blondes and very pale blondes it kind of washed them out and made them look a little bit like they have jaundice so it wasn't really my favorite I'm really excited about Marsala because it's kind of like a a red wine. It's lighter than oxblood, but it really is beautiful from the darkest ebony color skin. I have olive skin um, down to my pale blonde. I really think it's a gorgeous color on everyone, which you also can wear year round. I feel like uh, Radiant (laughs) Radiant Orchid was very winter heavy, and I feel like this color is so much better for year round. Since this is sort of a, a service show, we like to let people know how they can communicate. What is your Twitter handle, Emily? Ah, everything is at Emily Loftus. L-O-F-T-I-S-S. So my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, that is it, Emily Loftus. So for those of you out there who are diehard, ride-or-die, radiant orchids, you can... Oh, no! <laughs> you can tweet her and let her know that you love Radiant Orchid. You wanted to continue for another year. But while you're doing that, don't send any tweets just yet because we have we have more people probably to offend. So we'll go into fashion trends, Emily, that need to stay behind in 2014. You know, we look back at pictures and we see in the 70s and we see bell bottoms and think, oh my gosh, how did they think that? We think right now that we're fancy fly and, and fresh to death. But there are some fashion trends in 2014 that perhaps need to stay in 2014. And I understand, I'm uh, looking at my notes, you have oh, about five that you mm-hmm. want done with. Let's, uh, let's break them off. What are, what are some of the tips or one of the, the fashion trends that you want to stay behind in 2014? Now, once again, everybody, before y'all freak out, um, I, you know what? Fashion is all about your personal style. 
So that's why I actually call myself a style expert, not a fashion expert. A fashion expert to me means labels and mm. like Gucci, Levon, and like, you know, all those like high, high, high brands. And I think a style expert really reads to pulling clothes from anywhere and how you put them together. So I wanted to say that I feel I'm a style and beauty expert. And even though I might not like something, it doesn't mean that you can't rock it and you just feel so good about yourself and you wear it every day. And by that, I'm going to start off with overalls. Oh. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Maybe because I'm from South Georgia and I grew up with overalls my whole life. So it reminds me of like working outside and doing the lawn. But very, very rarely have I seen someone wear an overall and I go, yes, honey, that looks good. <laughs> you are letting me have it with that overall on. It's just, I feel that overalls really work if you're outside pulling um, weeds or if you are a skinny, 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 you know, runway model and you're a size negative zero and you can have that baggy fabric on you. But for me, it's, I don't care for it. I go back to back in the days when I was in high school and, you know, you were cool if you only wore one strap of your overall. Oh, yes, Vanilla Ice. Absolutely. <laughs> so now that we've, we'll come in from, you know, de-weeding the yard and, well, I mean, there's another one that I guess makes me think of being outside and I, I'm with you. This needs to stay behind in 1982. Birkenstocks. Why? Why, folks? Why? We got through them. The Jesus sandal. sandal. I just, you know, and like I'm the biggest Trina Turk fan. I've been a spokesperson for her for years. And when I walked into the store earlier this year in April and there was a pair of Birkenstocks, I just said, no, 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 no. How are we, how are we going to charge $300 for these shoes? I don't, I don't understand. Um, I know everyone tried to do it metallic and try to switch up the fabric, but it is what it is, but it is what it is. It's still a Birkenstock, and I'm not a fan, but I will never own any. I know that they're easy to put on like a flip-flop, but you know what, people? We can find something else that's a better option. That's, that is my choice. Sometimes I think some of these things look like they made up their fashions in the dark. And according to a great <laughs> 90s sign, a song, when the lights are out, it's less dangerous. You don't like 90s-style grunge. You say it's... Contagious. I don't know. It's the only thing I could think of that rhymed on the fly. Why don't you like <laughs> 90s-inspired grunge? 90s-inspired grunge, once again, it's all about what you put in the universe. And so why do you want to look like you just woke up or you're hungover? I don't get it. Like, like yes, I'm going to wear a flannel um, shirt and some leggings for New Year's, but I'm going to have it tied up really cute, and it's, it's going to fit me, like, you know, to a T. But, like, I just don't like that those ripped shorts and ripped tights and combat boots and disheveled look. It, it just, you know, beanie with your hair out. It looks like you've washed your hair. Like, I just don't really understand this vibe. I just feel like it looks very adolescent, and it's that whole you know, like celebrities look what they're wearing, like, oh, while they go and like grab their Starbucks, like that's for like celebrities that are not on set and they wear makeup all day long and they're just trying to get their Starbucks real quick. But I don't think it's for normal Americans. So we'll turn the tables and we'll talk about what maybe is for normal Americans. When you have (laughs) a style expert on here, one of the fringe benefits is finding out what you should wear and according to you fringe is something that we should wear in 2015 well maybe not necessarily me but people like real people why yeah, fringe? real people real people now 
once again, the word fringe makes you think of 70s. I think it's fair. But um, there's really cool ways. I always tell people that, you know, details is where it's at. If you can find a, a, a vest, a shirt, a anything that has a great detail, especially like a, a purse and uh, a crossover bag that has fringe on it, it just automatically looks more expensive when it has great detail like hardware. Um, and fringe is one of those things where you just see it from afar and you're like, hmm that bag's expensive. And you know what? You might have gotten it at uh, JCPenney's, but Fringe is not going anywhere. And I see it all over for next year, all over New York Fashion Week, Um, especially like little dresses that are um, little shift dresses. So there's like a throw-on dress and at the bottom, when they have some fringe on the bottom, it's just a a cute little wink at um, having fun with style. And you're going to see them everywhere. It's time to say hop on that trend right now. One of the other trends that you have listed here, I've heard of its long distant cousin, the trouser snake, but you have, (laughs) this show will probably be bleeped out, but we have trouser (laughs) pants. What is a, to me, that sounds like saying, you know, uh, shirt, shirt. What's a trouser pant? What's the difference? Explain this. You know what? When I wrote that, I mean, trousers and trouser pants are exactly the same thing. Okay, I just, good. I guess you're right when I said shirt, shirt. So trousers, um, because we get so excited. We want to be in a skinny jean. We want to be in a legging. We want to be in a jegging. But a tried and true pant that will always look sleek, always look elegant, always look beautiful on every body type truly is a trouser. And so I like them now that you can make them like a cigarette length. So they're just a little bit shorter. So they show the ankle with a high heel and you can throw on like a chunky sweater. You can throw a button down if you want to wear it for work, but trousers really are great. And they're so age appropriate, literally from teens all the way up. So I know sometimes my, um, my older audiences, they, they get excited and they want to wear the, the newest pant that's in like the skinny jeans or the low rise. And you know what? Stick to the trousers. They're not going anywhere and get a really fabulous color, get a great print, get a checker, get a hound's tooth. But it's just such a great thing to have in your wardrobe that you can wear over and over and over again, especially they fit beautifully. And I have to say, Express does a great job with trousers. Like they always have a great fit, great fabric from like wool to linen. And I just think they're, I just think they're great. And just go ahead and stock your closet in them because they're not going out of style anytime soon. Well, let's talk about things that aren't going out of style. We are almost out of time for the segment, but let's look back at 2014. (laughs) I boo all the time. The good thing is I have more show left after you. Your segment, unfortunately, (laughs) is coming to an end. So I get to carry on and, and have a good time. But when you look back at 2014, who do you think has been the most fashionable or the style, most stylish of 2014? It can be a regular person. It can be a famous person. I would assume hopefully more of a famous person because the folks out there will know it rather than you saying, you know, my neighbor Sally. Nobody knows who she is. So is there someone in the world of pop culture that you think really goes down to being the most stylish of 2014? See, that's very hard for me to answer um, because the Kardashians are dressed impeccably, but I don't care for them. So in the pop culture world, but they also have more money than God and they have people styling them every single look from top to bottom for when they go to Starbucks, they have a look. So 
Yes, they have wonderful clothing, but I don't ever like to really use them as an example. <laughs> Please don't tweet me, everyone. I'm just being so honest. Um, you know who I really love as a celebrity? Um, I like Kate Hudson. She doesn't seem to really age, and she you never see her on the worst dress list. She just kind of knows her body, and no matter if she has – remember, she gained 60 pounds both times of the pregnancy, even if she is pregnant or she just had the baby or just a regular day in the life, I feel like she just knows how to dress for her body. And she does casual well and she does um, evening wear well. I I don't like when celebrities are so jazzed up all the time because that's just not the real world. You cannot have a heavy contour face all the time. Um, I think everything has to go ebb and flow. So I think Kate Hudson is really a great example of she can be that normal mom who's like out in the park. I saw her, her so many times at Central Park hanging out with her kids when I used to live there and then also can really rock the red carpet. So, you know what? She's my, she's my slab that I want to say lets me have it. Good old Kate Hudson. And you know what? Her mom looks awesome too. Good old Goldie. She, she always looks wonderful and awesome and age appropriate and has aged beautifully. And I'm, I'm a fan of the whole family. Well, I think that something that everyone knows is that style and beauty will never go out of style, regardless of what the year is. So, Emily, one more time, let everybody know where they can find you on all these various forms of social media and the Internet and hyperspace and wherever else they can find you. (laughs) Yes. So I am Emily Loftus, L-O-F-T-I-S-S, that is right, two S's. And definitely come find me on Instagram. I'm always posting style and beauty tips and, you know, what I'm wearing and what's hot and what I'm loving right now. Um, and then Twitter and Facebook. And then my blog, Loftus Says, I post every Monday. Um, Make It Work Monday is my favorite thing, telling you how to look, you know, usually fabulous on a dime. So any questions, always make sure you shoot me uh, questions and I will answer you probably in the first 24 hours. And here to help other people, always want you to feel and look your best. And I'm, I'm just so happy to be here today. Thank you for including me. Well, I'm glad we've been trying to get you here. And by we, I mean <laughs> me. We've been trying to work out the schedule, get everything done. And I figured let's let's get Emily on the best of and the look back at 2014. And then people will demand. I, I think they will demand. They will send the Twitters and they will send all Woo-hoo! sorts of other things that say, uh, get that lady back here because she tells it like it is. I do tell it like it is. I'm sorry I don't like purple, everybody, but I like you all. So there you are. So whether you are feeling, let's see, she said, glitzy, glitzy, fancy, pantsy, or if you're feeling that you want to be a little more casual, you can find all of those tips. We'll, of course, have more information on our official Twitter feed, Curl Call Show, or on curlcall.com. Stay tuned because we're not done with 2014 just yet. We've got more of a look back at the year in review coming up after the break. Stay tuned. For a final seasonal tip from the Kitchen Witch, how about elevating the sturdy turnip with apple or pears? Saute two diced apples or pears in a skillet with olive oil just until soft. Add them to a bowl with three medium cooked turnips and mash, adding two tablespoons of butter, a quarter cup of chicken stock, salt and pepper to taste, and then finish with a little fresh thyme. For more great recipes, tips, and ideas like this, visit lindsaythekitchenwitch.com and now let's get back to Dan and Kroll Call. 
We are out of time for today's show, and we're also out of time for 2014. The year has really just flown by. I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. I also want to thank my guests, Jeremy Helliger and Emily Loftus, and of course, Lindsay Wells for her wonderful tips during the commercial breaks. On behalf of everyone here at Kroll Call, I want to thank you so much for tuning in over the past three months and checking out the show. And of course, on behalf of myself, Thank you to everyone who tuned in to Soap Central Live for the first nine months of the year. We want to hear what you want to hear on Kroll Call. So what you need to do is give us a tweet, follow us at Kroll Call Show on Twitter, send us a message and let us know some of the guests that you'd like to hear on the show or suggest a topic. If there's something going on in the world that you'd like us to talk about, let us know. If you want to go on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash call. That's the place to follow all the latest news, all of the things that we're sharing. And of course, the place to go to listen to all episodes of Crawl Call is our official website, crawlcall.com. You can go there and stream any episode that we've ever broadcast on demand. It's all completely free. But if you're so inclined, you can go on to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast version of Crawl Call. And any episode that we broadcast will be downloaded to your computer or your iPhone or your iPod or your iPad magically. It's amazing, actually, for free. So that's a great way to keep up. Of course, we air here Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, completely live, except for today because it's a holiday. So pretend you didn't hear that. It's an asterisk. It's the exception that proves the rule. We are also going to be back next week with a pre-recorded special. It's part two of our year in review. We'll be looking at the year in sports, the year in television, and the year in food. Can't wait for that. That should be a lot of fun. On behalf of everyone at Kroll Call and the Voice America Talk Radio Network, I'm Dan Kroll, thanking you so much for your support. We hope that you'll be back here with us next Friday, January 2nd, for more Kroll Call. And, of course, every week, you can follow me on Twitter, at Dan J. Kroll. Look for me on Facebook, also, at Dan J. Kroll. And here's wishing you a wonderful, happy, healthy, and stylish New Year. 